Welcome back to another top of the list review. And we felt in honor of Shark Week, there was no better film to review than the greatest film to feature a shark all time. Of course, we are talking about the Steven Spielberg masterpiece, Jaws. Yeah, absolutely, dude. You know, we had the idea. I think I saw an ad on Instagram that it was Shark Week this week. And do you, do you ever uh, participate in watching anything on Shark Week, Ryan, or just Jaws? I, I have not participated in anything Shark Week-esque. Um, not, I, I don't mind sharks. Uh, my family, big scuba divers, so I used to grow up, you know, going snorkeling with them and seeing sharks in person, but never been a big fan of watching them on TV. Right on. Well, I mean, we got to love watching at least uh, Jaws on TV, right? Because that is TV, Netflix, Hulu. I think it's on Hulu right now. Um, is it? Where- I, I watched it on HBO. Okay, yeah. Where, wherever I can find it, I cannot yeah. get enough of this film easily. I, I can't even wait, you know, to, to start the show. You know, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. This is easily one of the greatest pieces of cinema all time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, directed by Steven Spielberg, and he's created some of the greatest movies of all time. Um, we just wanted to break down this one for, you know, what we like about this one, what makes it such a classic, why it's one of the best of all time, just in the spirit of Shark Week. And, you know, like we said, you can watch it on streaming. And um, just want to take a second here to kind of talk about how we kind of wanted to start framing the show, Ryan. I know you and I discussed this earlier. We wanted to start framing top of the list as, you know, on Netflix, they have the section where it's my list. You know, Hulu has my stuff. Amazon Prime is watch list. You know, they all have some sort of list where you could save the stuff you want to watch later. So basically what we want to do on top of the list, um, in addition to our reviews, in addition to our uh, regular listings of what movies we like the most in a certain series, we just kind of want to make sure that we had these reviews up where we can recommend what we want you guys to put on your list so you can always have it available to watch. You know, you know, you don't want to just put stuff that you're not going to enjoy on your list. You want to have a few recommendations that you know you're going to enjoy. And Jaws is easily one of those, a 10 out of 10 for both Ryan and myself. Uh, one of the greatest of all time. And, you know, it came out in 1975, if I'm correct. And yep, that is correct. This was Steven Spielberg's, not his debut film, but his debut big budget film. Right. Yeah. He'd made a TV film before that I have not seen. I need to check it out. Um, I think that was called Can't remember. I get it for you. Okay, yeah. If you can look that up, it's it was a TV film, but I've always wanted to check that out. It's about like yeah, so, a truck driver or something like that. So he did uh Sugar the Sugarland Express. After that, I'm after that. So Jaws came after that. Before that was Duel. Duel, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, that was his it, really yeah. debut. That was his real got debut. Got it, yeah. Duel. Duel was 1971, and that's a short film. Right. Um, I believe it's only 20 minutes. Oh, no, I beg your pardon. It's an hour long. And then followed by Sugarland Express and then Jaws, which was, of course, his first blockbuster made with Universal Pictures. And pretty much the first blockbuster. I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan. I mean, you know, this was the first one, as far as from what I've read and understood, this is the first movie that started the term blockbuster because literally people were – lined up all the way down the block outside the theater doors to go and see this film because it was so incredible. Well, not only that, but it also was one of the first ever summer blockbusters, and that was completely done by accident. There were so many technical issues they had, primarily with the mechanical shark, uh, that this film, which was originally scheduled, I believe, to come out around uh, Christmas time, which was you know traditionally a big time for movies, find a way to stay inside, stay warm, was delayed all the way until summer, and this sort of kicked off the idea of a summer, not just a blockbuster film, but a summer blockbuster film as well. 
Right. And you know what? I think this brings you brought up one of the biggest things that I love from behind the scenes in this movie, the, the shark not working. And, you know, sometimes that could be detrimental to the production and, you know, having the director pulling his hairs out and all the set designers pull his hairs out. But in this film, it actually is an advantage because you don't see the shark for a very long, big portion of this movie. Yes. You know, the, and the suspense in this film is incredible. That exactly. That's what builds the suspense is that you don't see the shark until like the latter half of this film. You yeah. get to see it in its full glory and it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, with all the, you know, I'm sure it was a ton of, you know, hard work and, you know, shots and reshots and re re-engineering the shark. I know one of the favorite stories with anyone who's gone to Universal Studios has heard this one. You know, the original shark is still at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean because they tested the shark at Universal Studios in, uh, in freshwater and then got it out to Martha's Vineyard in, in Massachusetts and threw it in the ocean, not realizing that the salt water would, would mess with the gears and the computer work and it just sunk. Uh, right. But, you know, I think with all, you know, the, the painstakingness that went into this, uh, into this film, it's all worth it. I mean, this is such a brilliant film. So many, you know, it's iconic. Uh, that's, that's the word I would use. I mean, from even, you know, the soundtrack and how amazing that that soundtrack, which is two notes played on a tuba, is iconic, now synonymous with anything having to do with sharks. Yeah, so you know, I think that's great. Let's start breaking this movie down. We're going to take the next 15 minutes and just break it down piece by piece. Starting with the score, like you said, Ryan, John Williams, the master himself. I mean, come on. One of the most suspenseful scores in all of cinema. Um, is this one of your top five favorites of his scores, or what do you think, Ryan? Uh, so because of its simplicity, I, I don't know if I can put it I, – I put it top five. I wouldn't put it with, uh, you know, like a, an E.T. I think that's iconic. I love the okay. E.T. score. Or a, or a Star Wars or an indie. But it's, you know, I put it there maybe Back to the Future and then Jaws. Yeah. On screen, though, paired with the cinematography, the suspense – um, you know, not seeing the shark. I'll, I'll take you even through the, the first scene where we don't see the shark. We're almost following the camera is the point of view of the shark, you know, attacking that swimmer in the ocean. Uh, paired with the score, incredible. So suspenseful, so yeah. intense. Yes. And, you know, this, uh, maybe you could double check this. This is a rated R film or a PG-13 film? Uh, I it was before not... PG thirteen, right? So my my guess would be, I mean, it's it's graphic. This would Gotta have be to rated be an R rated film, especially for nineteen seventy five. Yeah, and you know, I don't think anyone had seen the film. You know, you you'll be afraid to go in the water. And okay, so this is this is another reason why I think this one's a classic, Ryan. And did you find out if it's rated R? Uh, it looks like yes, it was okay. rated R. Okay, so you know, this is kind of why I think this one's a classic. I watched this one. Um, for the first time when I was like in my teen years, I want to say maybe 12, 13, around then. And it was one of those films my parents said, you know, you can watch this one. It's old. It might be a little hokey. But even after seeing, you know, some really, you know, scary films with CG, this film is scarier than some of the CG horror films that we have available today just because of the excellent craftsmanship on display. You know, some, you know... There's a lot of movies that try to imitate this one and none live up to what this one accomplished. And I, I kind of want to ask you, Ryan, why, I don't know if you've seen any other shark movies. I know I've seen maybe one or two other ones that are kind of similar, but nothing lives up to this. And why do you think that is? I, I mean, 
so I personally, I haven't seen many other shark films simply because I don't think anything will compare to this. This is the yeah. original. Anything that is done in any other shark film, I mean, maybe with the, with the graphics, they're going to they're gonna push the limits. It's going to be more gory. Uh, you're going to have more looks at the shark. But anything that's done in those films is inspired by Jaws and therefore cannot be as magnificent as Jaws is. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with you on that. So uh, I think we've broke down that much of it, but I, I think we haven't touched on, I want you to talk about uh, the performances in this movie. Yep. I mean, come on. We got to talk about all the three main characters. Yep. Uh, so one of, the, or one of the greatest casted movies I have ever seen. I mean, this movie is amazing. Roy Scheider, of course, our star as uh, Chief Brody. Yep. Uh, then we have Robert Shaw as well as our shark hunter. And why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Quint. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And then, of course, Richard Dreyfus as uh, Brody. Uh, yeah. Probably my favorite character. I love well, Brody. Well, wait. Uh, Chief Brody. Wait, who are you talking about? Chief oh, Brody I'm, or Richard I'm sorry. Dreyfus uh, is. Hooper. Hooper, yeah. Yes. Hooper. Yes. Uh, and he is my favorite character. I love yeah. Hooper in this film. He's just so passionate what a what a performance by Richard Dreyfuss you know I think all three of these gentlemen are incredible in this film but I love Dreyfuss's performance from the first moment we see him I, I love when he's at the um it's the corner right and mm -hmm. he's looking at the body and he's he's just so disgusted by Brody that he, he had it written off that it was a boating accident this mm -hmm. wasn't a boating accident this was a shark attack you know, yeah. and he's, he's like splashing and the water. He's splashing face. the water on his face and like yep. he's, he's talking into the mic and he's yes. like describing the body and everything. And then like Brody takes out a cigarette to start trying to smoke it. And he says, don't smoke in this room. And he points right at him. It's just so intense. Yes. You're like, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And let's, I mean, you say that Roy, uh, I'm sorry, Richard Dreyfuss is Richard your Dreyfuss, favorite yeah. in this. I love Chief Brody, but to me, a legendary, one of the top 10 performances of all time robert shaw as quint in this movie he embodies this character so well and it is so incredible to watch him every second he comes on screen he steals the scene yeah you're, you're right uh i think he is incredible in this film too maybe i i like i don't know i i connect with uh with hooper maybe a little bit more with richard Dreyfuss's character just because he's kind of more the uh the logical thinking one of the group. And that's why my one knock that I give, not so much for Robert Shaw, just the way that the character uh, is, is written, I think is a little bit illogical and it drives me crazy. Like the scene where he destroys the radio. I never understood that. So, you know, I, I, I never understood that as a kid, but then I just watched it recently. And then today, of course, I watched it looking to see what, you know, this character brings. Why is it so legendary? It's my dad's favorite character. This is one of the reasons he showed me this movie. He's like, check this out. Robert Shaw is so incredible in this movie. And I agreed with him. Yeah. And it's because, you know, there's, there's a lot of little things that point to it. And mostly it's because of his, um, his uh, tenure on the SS. The Indianapolis. 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 Yeah, the yes. Indianapolis. We'll, we'll circle back there. Let's, let's, I, I want to talk about that later. So let's, yeah, let's so, circle back to that. Okay, you, you know what? Let's stop right here then. And let's just go yeah. through. I want to go through a few moments that are iconic. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like every single second of this film is iconic. I know we wanted I agree. to keep this one like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but man, I was, you know, re-watching this and prepping for this. I don't know I can, you know, circle, you know, but just four or five scenes because there are so mm. many iconic, iconic lines, scenes, 
powerful yeah. scenes. So, so I'm going to let you drive here and I'll just, I'll just chime in. You choose the, the, uh, the scenes you want to talk about. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I have a few that I definitely want to talk about. I mean, Go right ahead. Yeah. So I'm just kind of running through the movie in my mind right now, trying to do that to my best ability. And you know, the opening is incredible. Yes. Um, I love like all the big scenes, you know, the first scene on the beach after they discover the girl's body and he's kind of weary about everything, you know, should we close the beach and he's waiting there and then, you know, the boy dies. That's an incredible scene. We get the, probably one of the most famous shots in cinema, the zoom in vertigo shot that Hitchcock kind of fame made famous. Yes. Um, and him on the beach and then he's just running and gosh, does he sell it in his face? I mean, you, you don't even see the shark and his, you just see the fear in his eyes in this scene. Yeah, we, we've talked about it a lot on this show. Um, you know, how much acting is beyond just delivery of lines and, you know, the, the body language too and the emotions. And yeah, uh, truly Roy Scheider captures this as Chief Brody, um, especially in that scene. But you also see it, you know, when he's on the, on the, the orca, right? That's the name of the boat. The orca, yeah. When he, when he first sees the shark, you know, that's he's, another great the, That's one of the best reveals in the, movie yeah. history. Mm -hmm. Like, it's up there with the first time you see Indiana Jones in Raiders oh, of the Lost Ark. Yes. You know, he's just, he's like, how about you guys shovel this chum? And then, yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of stumbles backwards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, but I also yeah. wanted to bring just one other thing while we were talking about that scene on the beach. Okay. Um, who our true villain is in this film. And I think that's what makes this film kind of a different too you know our villain is really our mayor um murray hamilton i believe is the actor's name mm -hmm. and the mayor of uh amity island and you know consistently trying to cover this up it's sort of is one of the first films i would say that i could think of that shows us that maybe the government isn't in you know the best interest of protecting the people which is yeah you know what it is you know and he's so worried about tourism that he doesn't even care that this shark who has already eaten one, I don't know if it established if she's a tourist or a, or a citizen of Amity Island, but already killed one. Then it kills the boy. I mean, he's really our villain here. The shark is, is doing what sharks do. Yeah. And, you know, it's all set up by a lot of great establishing of, you know, this town. It's a close knit town. A lot of shots of him, you know, going through this. There's lots of shots of um, Chief Brody going through the town. And, you know, everybody's trying to get his attention. Everybody needs him for something. Everybody's, you know, saying, oh, Chief Brody, what about this? Is, I need you to get these guys, um, these two hooligans are parked in front of my house. Da, da, da. I can't deal with that right now. You know, he's trying to get the shark attack. You know, that just adds to the suspense even more. But um, there's lots of stuff like that. The town itself, something that Spielberg does really great all the time. It's kind of its own character in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. You are, you are absolutely right there. and. Um, you know, definitely, though, like I said, some some uh, interesting points of view on who our true villain is in this film. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't, as much as we want to think Jaws is the villain, he is not. And right. that is, you know, you watch this as a, as a younger person and you don't think that. You think, oh, the shark's eating people. He's bad. But, you know, that that's not really the case in this film. Right. Who our true antagonist is. Right, yeah, and... You know, then I think we should just kind of get into like some other great moments here. And, you know, one of them has to be, I guess, that first scene. I, I mean, gosh, there's so, like you said, everything in this movie. I, I, I think one of the most intense scenes is, and one of the biggest jump scares in the whole movie is when they go out at night. You know, he find, uh, Hooper convinces Brody to go out on the boat at night. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, oh, they find that boat that's been destroyed. 
and he says, I got to go in there. And then you're like, what? He's going to go in the water. Then he goes in the underwater and he's analyzing the, the hole in the ship they found wrecked. And he pulls out the shark tooth and then boom, the dead head comes jumping out. And that makes me jump out of my seat every time. No, that's, I mean, yeah, that, that's what's so great about this film is it utilizes so it's not truly a, a horror film in the traditional sense, but they utilize so many different techniques. I mean, some horror films are known for one great, you know, either their suspense or their monster or their, you know, or their jump scares. This has all of them. It's mm -hmm. crazy. I mean, between the shark, the jump scare, yeah, like you said on the boat, another one, you know, I think a great, you know, sort of uh, a red herring or when the kids are swimming around with the fin, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Where everyone's on the beach and you're sure that shark's coming at them, but then you, you do have a shark attack on the other side of the beach in that subsequent scene. Um, you know, so you have that, you have jump scares. You've got, of course, the suspense, you know, these long pauses of no dialogue, just, you know, panning shots and the score, uh, just yeah. so amazing. Uh, another great jump scare and have to talk about it. Um, you know, the scene on under the deck of the Orca where they're all comparing scars and singing. And then you hear, first of all, one of the greatest monologues in cinema about yep. the Indianapolis, what 10,000 men went under 380 came up something like that yeah were, yeah the rest <laughs> the sharks took care of yeah I, oh man it's incredible just sends chills down your spine um and then of course very quickly after that you have jaws ramming the boat a great jump scare because you're you've you're lulled into this sense of security on the boat you know these are just three men exchanging stories and singing then all of a sudden songs. you get bam <laughs> yeah that's right that right when it happens is when they're singing I want to go home, right? Yeah. Yep. That's the song? Yeah, dude. I, that's one of the best parts, too. And, you know, you mentioned Robert Shaw's Quint in this and his introduction earlier in the movie, too, with the nails on the chalkboard. Mm -hmm. Iconic. Yeah. You know, um, another thing that's iconic is, of course, probably the most famous line in cinema history besides some yeah. of the stuff in Star Wars, besides some of the stuff in indie is, we're going to need a bigger yeah, boat. And that's right after the chum line scene, correct? Yeah. It's it's a straight shot. Yeah. Him seeing the seeing the uh, yeah, the shark, like, sort of wide eyed, stumbling yeah. back in shock, and he just delivers it We're perfectly. Need a bigger boat. It's not. Yeah. It's not overdone. It's how someone who was truly in fear and shock, you almost feel like the blood leave his body. You see him just frozen <laughs> there, cold, as he yep. says it. It's incredible. Yep. And, you know, there's there's so much other stuff we could talk about in this one. But, um, you know, the ending, um, I don't know by this point, if you haven't seen this, you know, come on, go watch Jaws. But we're going to talk about the ending for the last, you know, four or five minutes of this episode. And gosh, the ending is pretty freaking amazing. It's it equally is. as suspenseful. Where, so here's what I'm going to say. Let's, I would put the ending, the ending sequence of this film, starting with uh with hooper going into the shark cage would you agree with that yes and yes. the suspense in that scene where he has the spear uh the yeah the the spear and he's trying to poison the shark and the shark's just ramming this shark proof cage you know and you're you're so scared for him you're in that cage with it the cinematography seat. again incredible i don't know how much they had uh, before this, how much cinematography they had done with underwater filming, mm -hmm. but it's incredible how they do it here and how they capture it as if you're right there with a mask, you know, in a scuba tank with him. 
Yeah, absolutely. But then, and, then we go oh, from yeah, go there. Ahead. You know, you know, you go right ahead. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, I think I just remembered what you were trying to explain about you know some of the decisions Shaw makes and the whole thing with him also that kind of might strike you as strange is him burning up the boat as the, the shark is chasing them and they're like you can't rever that much you can't rever that much the, the engine is already shot to crap you know and he yeah. just rams the boat until the engine explodes and everything's blown and then the bottom of the boat is like almost submerged underwater and yeah. um you know some of those decisions come from i think there's kind of like Obviously, there has to be some sort of comparison to literature I have to make here, and it's kind of You're a gonna, Moby yeah. Dick moment, right? Uh, yeah, the Captain Ahab, you know, it's Jaws has become his white whale. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, I think you, when you were making that point, that just came to me that it has driven him mad. And the, um, the camera work also kind of references to that because you know, there's that great shot of when he first sees the shark, and it's, you you see just the fin out of the water and part of the tail, but then immediately cut to Quint and you see the look in his eye and you're like, Oh, this is like a interlock between destiny between these two almost, you yeah. know? Yeah. I guess my, my one confusion there in drawing that analogy is this shark hasn't been around for that long. I feel like with Ahab and in literature with Herman Melville, you know, that has been Captain Ahab's destiny. He's known about this white whale and he wants to track it down. So that's where I, you know, I, I think that theory may falter a little bit, but I totally see what you're saying. And it makes yeah. a lot of sense. You obviously can't establish that long a period of time on film. This wanted to take place of the events over this one summer in Amity Island. But uh, definitely a, a great point that you make there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we get... Uh, like we said, spoilers, but the ending of this movie is really incredible. You know, of course, we get uh, Hooper. He kind of hides underwater, which some people might say, oh, man, come on. He hides underwater. But, you know, Jaws is distracted by what's going on with Chief Brody. And we see Chief Brody. He never gets in the water in this film until the final seconds. He's kind of hanging on to the top of the boat at the mm -hmm. end. And, you know, he has the, the gun and he puts the barrel in there and he's trying to shoot the... What car. I will say here... This is as great as we're going to need a bigger boat is the delivery of this final line. I think it's better than we're going to mm -hmm. need a bigger boat. Smile, you son of a, and then fires the gun. Just boom. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, then a Hooper is, you know, back. And I love how they have another thing before we end this episode. I got to say the little moments in this movie are so incredible. Stuff that only Spielberg can put in this movie. And it's stuff like earlier in the movie when, uh, Chief Brody's having dinner with his son and his son is mimicking all the hand movements he mm -hmm. makes and you know he's doing everything he has it's like the little things like that that show that yeah. they make the characters more realistic and more deep and it's also the little moment where you know Hooper comes up to Brody and says Quint just one word Quint and then he just looks at him and he says no and that's it like there's no, no more dialogue than that there's no oh he didn't make it he got eaten he got sliced in half you know nothing like that it's just no and that's all you need and it's just incredible. And the ending, when they swim off, do you remember any of those last lines, Ryan? Absolutely. Actually, yeah, I, yeah just rewatching it. It's, uh, you know, I, I used to hate the water, right? Something like that. Yep. And, then, and then Hooper or Hooper turns to me and goes, couldn't imagine why. Yep. That's the yep. best ending Love to the that. movie. Love Great. that. But, I mean, I think we, we missed a couple of scenes that I just have to call yeah. uh, to the attention because they are, they are fantastic. Um, I love sort of a comedic scene before the Robert Shaw monologue where they're comparing scars. I love Dreyfus's line where he's showing him his heart. And he, he's talking about his heartthrob. 
I think yeah. that's a hilarious line. Cuts the tension really nicely. Once again, begins to lull us into that false sense and of the whole, security. Let's drink to our legs. And yes. they drink to their legs. <laughs> uh, so I think that is a fantastic scene. A truly heartbreaking scene as well. When the mother of, mm. uh, of the son who's been eaten by the shark, the second yeah. to go from the shark attack, where his, his raft, or I think it's his life vest, just runs up on shore, mm-hmm. comes and just slaps Brody because he knew and still let people go on the beach. Granted, we know he was persuaded yeah. by the mayor, but she doesn't know that. And it's a heartbreaking scene because this town truly, as you brought, brought to the attention, loved Brody. He was sort of their golden child, you know, protecting them. And, uh, you know, he failed. And you can see that pain in his eyes when she does that. Um, so that's, that's a powerful scene as well. And then, of course, the, the, the end of, uh, of, God, I keep forgetting his name. I want to say Flint. What, what is the name of our shark country Quint? played by Robert Quint? Quint, thank you. His, his ending, uh, you know, a horrific graphic scene. We're watching him, you know, cry out as he is being devoured by the shark alive. What a performance, first of all, by uh, Shaw. And then the way it's captured as well. You have the cut from, you know, his point of view, the shark trying to kick to stay away from his mouth. And then you cut to his face as the blood is splattering. Uh, you know, a, a tense, dark, truly horrific scene. So scary. And well executed, yes. Yeah, I was just watching it now. And, you know, my dad was watching with me. And my mom was watching with me. And, like, we were all like, wow, ah, like you feel it. It's so, yeah. oh, it's so unnerving. And, you know, I think another thing you pointed out was that, you know, the mother slaps him across the face and it's those little tiny bits of dialogue after, you know, Hooper uh, says, is it Hooper, right? Hooper? Did I say that right? Hooper, yeah. Yeah, Hooper says to Brody, he says, you know, uh, she's not right, Brody, because she says, you know, it's Chief Brody's fault. And Hooper says, you know, she's not right. And then he just looks at him and says, no, she is. And then he walks mm-hmm. away. Little yeah. things like that that just leave a big impact Absolutely. on you. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else to add, you know, 10 out of 10 for both of us. Recommend you watch it in the spirit of Shark Week. Recommend you add it onto your list if you can find it on. I, I know I saw it on HBO. Uh, Ryan says you can find it on Hulu. Um, always shows up on Netflix and some other services, but definitely a big recommendation. And uh, we're going to, we're recording this episode Wednesday night. We're going to put it up and, uh, Look forward to our next episode of Top of the List coming at you Friday. We're going to do Pixar Part 2, going all the way from uh, Cars 2 to the most recent film onward in the Pixar uh, series. And, you know, anything to add here at the end, Ryan? Uh, Yeah, no, for for anyone, first of all, anyone who hasn't seen Jaws, I hope you haven't watched this far because we have given away just about everything. But for anyone who hasn't seen Jaws, you got to see this movie. I know it's, it's a little old and maybe you think, oh, the shark can't look that good. Doesn't matter. This is a masterpiece of cinema. Still holds up today. Find a way to watch it. Go see it. It's fantastic. Uh, That's all I have to say. Definitely. So, you know, unless you have anything else to say, Dom. My name's Ryan Barnett or RB. You can find me on Instagram at RB underscore the underscore SID. Don't forget to uh, like, comment, and uh, give us a follow here on YouTube. Or if you're watching on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Dom, take us out. Yeah, follow me at uh, DomGonzalez48 on Instagram and Twitter. You can reach me there. You can reach Ryan at his handle. If you ever want to give us a comment, give us some feedback. We'll take any kind of constructive criticism you want to apply to the show we're always trying to improve and look forward to the next episode of top of the list see you next week